I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. In today's conversation, I'm talking to the really lovely Melanie St. Clair, who is a coach and copywriter who is on a mission to help you access and share your full range of brilliance with the world and get paid generously for it. She is a soulful, sassy, super switched on, lovely lady. And I think you will find this conversation absolutely compelling because she talks about how money and relationships are completely intertwined and interconnected and what she shares is so relatable and so valuable. I think you will want to take notes. And if you don't take notes, you'll want to listen to it again so that you can take notes another time. Lovely Melanie St. Clair. I am so honoured and so delighted to have you with me as my guest today for the Turning Point Project. And I cannot wait to see what magic unfolds from our conversation because I have a feeling we're going to get some magic coming out today. (laughs) So Um, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Helen. I'm really, really excited to be here. And yeah, the same. I feel like there's going to be some good stuff that comes through and I'm really excited to just go along for the ride and see what happens. Yeah, thank you. I love that because that really is the essence of this whole podcast, all of these conversations. It's all about keeping it real kind of you know showing up as who we are and um, just giving people a taste of what has shaped us on our journey and got us to this point and what I love about the fact that you're here talking to me is that I found you through I think it was Ellie Tria through Instagram so we've never actually met in person but the way that I found you it just has that quality of feeling quite magical. And I know that you are a believer in the power of magic as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a perfect, perfect guest for this show. Do you have a turning point that came to you immediately when I invited you to be a guest? Yes. So it yeah. was really interesting when I was thinking about this of, what are the different turning points in my life and like the big milestones or even the small ones that really changed my life for the different or for the better. And it wasn't necessarily a single moment that started a new trajectory that came to mind for me. It was more something that happened. That was a moment where I realized everything that I had done and created and worked on in the past couple of years had actually come to fruition. And it was the slightest thing. I was getting ready in the morning and I got a text from my mom. And I opened up the message and she said, 
don't know, something just, I hope that you're doing well. You know, what are you up to this week? Something really simple and generic. And this was the first time in my adolescence to adult life where she had reached out to me and I didn't feel any anger. Oh, wow. And I didn't feel any resentment. And I was actually excited, just wholeheartedly excited to hear from her. My mom and I have had previously a, a tough relationship. I always identified with characters in TV shows who like didn't really get along with their moms, like uh, Lorelai Gilmore and her mother. Yeah, those tough, tough relationships. And we just yeah. never really saw eye to eye. And, you know, she always wanted to, you know, have me live my best, most protected life, but according, of course, to what she, how she defines that and not necessarily to how I defined it. Um, and it was, it was tough, you know, Mother's Day was always a really uncomfortable day for me because, you know, I'd read these Mother's Day cards of women, you know, <laughs> talking to their moms saying, you've always been there for me. You've done so much for me. You're always like the glue that holds the family together and all of these things. And I never felt any of that. You know, my dad was the one to take me bra shopping when I was younger. Um, and like, in all fairness to my mom, you know, my mom had depression, she had anxiety. Um, and so she, I, I knew intellectually that she was doing like the best that she could. Mm. And she was showing up for our family in the way that she was like most capable of. But at the same time, you know, as a 12 year old, like, it wasn't enough for me. And cool. so it was this tough thing where it's like, you're giving me everything that you're capable of, but I also need more. And at the same time, you know, like I'm 12 <laughs> or, you know, 15 or whatever it is. And so, you know, at that time, like if you don't really know how to identify your needs, you're still figuring yourself out. You're still figuring life out. And so we'd always had this relationship of just, you know, I'd always like resented her. I always assumed the worst. We were able to have, you know, my husband was amazed when we went to this, we did a family birthday like event one time um, with all the extended family. My mom and I were able to have an entire fight without having almost an, a complete sentence to each other. And he had no clue that it had happened because it was so like subtle and there's so much pent up, like, you know, stuff. Um, is nuanced like in this relationship and it was really in the past year or so um maybe year two years that I started doing a lot of my own personal development and inner work and exploring like what is going on with my relationships with women and why is it that anytime I make a new friend with a woman that it ends up resembling my relationship with my mom in some way like there's something going on here <laughs> and so I started really, really like honing in on that and really looking at myself and what are the stories that I've been telling myself? What are the patterns that are repeating? Like, what are the like beliefs that I had internalized from what my mom explicitly taught me as well as what she modeled for me and what our relationship modeled for me? And how am I bringing that into my adult life? And like, what is the stuff that I can start to let go? And through like a lot, a lot of like, inner work, emotional releasing, and like understanding myself so much more, I was really able to let go of so much of that pain. I was really able to not even just let go, but like feeling through it so that I could let it go and release it. And now like my mom and I, like, it's like 
a weight has been lifted from our relationship and I love talking to her and we have some great, you know, conversations and moments together and I can get texts from her and be excited to hear from her. And I don't think it'll ever be the relationship that I always really wanted. Um, I don't think that we're ever going to be, you know, like the best of like deep friends, but I mean, I never in a million years would have thought that I could be here with our relationship now. And I'm so deeply grateful for it. That is so powerful. And I'm so glad that you've chosen to talk about this because this is a subject that actually hasn't come up before in these conversations. And it's actually tapping into something that I'm hearing a lot around me at the moment. Um, And I've been having conversations around these dynamics, actually, for the last couple of weeks with women in my life. And um, I think this is something that actually impacts on a lot more women like you and like me that are working in a business that has more of an online presence as well as an offline presence and is supporting a lot of women. Um, what I'm seeing is that increasingly, as I talk to people, there are commonalities around what you've just shared. Uh, and certainly for me, I can really, really relate to what you're saying. Uh, having also come out the other side. So thank you. Thank you so much for being so upfront and honest about something that probably a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, I'm so happy to share it because I think that you're so right. This is so much more common than we might think it is. And we think that we're alone and we think that we are, you know, unique in this experience, which you do have your own like unique, this is like particular experience um, and patterns and dynamics. But, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things And if there's anything that I've learned over, you know, this work for myself and this work for my clients is that we all come from messed up families. (laughs) We all have these messed up family dynamics and messed up family patterns and we bring them into adulthood. And it's not until you start to do the conscious work to understand like, what are those traits and qualities and like relationship behaviors that were passed on to me that I'm now displaying and exhibiting in my own relationships. And it's like, it's such a great point. You know, if you, I was thinking, I was like, well, if I'm a woman who is supporting other women, I have to be able to trust them. I have to be able to understand like how I interact with women and what are the spaces and areas that I need to heal for myself so that I can be in, I mean, coaching is a very emotionally intimate relationship. And so I need to be able to be vulnerable and I need to be able to express my truth and I need to be able to show up fully in all of me so that my clients can allow themselves to do the same. And we have to have that, you know, that vulnerability and that rawness in order for us to really, really dive deep and do the work together. And it's so funny because of course, you know, as a coach, you think, oh yes, like I'm here and I'm the one supporting the client. And what I found is is coaching. It's like, it's a two-way street, of (laughs) course, you know, it's healing for both of us. Right. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that's like, if you have certain things, certain patterns that keep playing out in your relationships with your clients, relationships with friends, or, you know, and this can also be on the flip side too, of like, if this is happening in like, you know, patterns with like with men, then it's really, really important to start to look at this and be like, what happened? What did I learn from my family in terms of how I behave and interact and trust 
people of a particular gender. And this is using, I understand that gender is, is more expansive than this. And so it, maybe we can also like bring it to like divine feminine, divine masculine. What is it that I've learned about like divine feminine energy versus like divine masculine energy? Um, and how is this playing out in like my, my current relationships? Because they, our parents were the first people to model for us like what relationships look like. Yeah. So we internalize all of it as we're, you know, as we're growing up, your subconscious mind molding and shaping, you know, and being com- almost completely done by, you know, uh, completely created by the time, you know, you're six or seven years old. And like, that's like your blueprint for like how you're supposed to interact with the world. And you take that and all of the stuff that you didn't necessarily consciously choose to take on. And then you reach adulthood and you're like, wait, like, why is it that I always like think that like, for me, it was like, I'm always felt like I was over giving and giving and giving and nurturing to the point where it was an unhealthy, you know, codependent relationship. And I wasn't giving from a place of love. I was really giving from a place of fear that if I don't do all this stuff for you and take care of you, then you're not going to love and accept me anymore. You know, or there's uh, so many other patterns that start playing out. And if it's something that's recurring, it's one of those things you got to like take a moment and take a look at it and just be like, what about this? Like what within me is continuing to create this experience for myself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and again, I, I can really, really relate to this. And, and I know a lot of my clients uh, past and, and current will be able to as well. Um, so what was it for you that really became kind of the catalyst for you to start actually addressing this and how did you go about doing that I mean I know it's clearly it's a nuanced process it continues to unfold throughout time and it takes it's a multi-pronged thing but could is there something you can hone in on that was some kind of catalyst for you or was it more of an or just an organic realization Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I love that question because it was a little bit of both. I joined, I started working with my first coach at the beginning of last year, spring of last year. And working with her, I was in a group program. And funny enough, one of the women in this group program uh, needed a place to stay. And so for a couple of months. And so I invited her uh, to live with me and my then fiance, now husband, for the summer months. And it was a really interesting experience because, you know, of course, I, I am a, I'm a high quick start, like, you know, familiar with Colby, and I just kind of like jump into things and I'm like, yes, let's go for it. Sometimes without thinking too much. <laughs> um, can see my pulse at the time, like I sometimes I'm like, you know, I think my soul knows what it's doing, but sometimes my human just like goes for it. Um, and... <sighs> The dynamic for, you know, this roommate situation was, it was not healthy. It wasn't good. And it got to the point where, you know, I was really, really frustrated. You know, I was really feeling uncomfortable. I wasn't feeling great in like my living space. I know that she wasn't feeling great about it either, um, but we couldn't figure out how to talk about it and have conversations about it. Um, And I was having the same situation with the coach in this program where I felt like my needs were not being met. I felt like she was paying more attention to people who were broken and really, really attention needy and that she wasn't really distributing her energy and her focus well amongst the group and was having all sorts of stuff. And it was this moment when I was talking, I was ranting to my husband about it. And I was just like, they're both just like my mom. 
And I was like, oh, of course, the words of, ironically, my own mother come into my head. It's like, when the problem's with everybody, the problem is with you. (laughs) And so that's really what got me started being like, oh, this is something I should probably explore. Something I should look into. That's amazing that it presented itself like that. You know, Mm -hmm. because if it's in your home... There's no running away from it, is there? <laughs> I know. It was so absolutely in my face in a really, really good way. And that's the thing. It's like when I work with my clients, I have a whole thing where I'm like, I'm not about good vibes only because I think that in some contexts, it really, really teaches repression. And I say, you know, we go into like, it's pleasant or it's unpleasant, but no matter what, it's always serving you. Mm. And this was one of those moments and those experiences where it was extremely unpleasant to be in, but it served me so greatly and so deeply because I was able to start exploring. And this is like kind of for anybody who's looking to start to do some of this work. um, The first prompt that I started writing on was what did my mom teach me about myself, about my self-worth and about like my role in relationships and in the world? And to be able to just freely write on that, you know, and again, like it's, it's without any judgment or without any attack, you know, because I love my mother deeply, but there was a part of me who really needed to be expressed mm. in her anger, in her heartbreak, in her disappointment and her frustration and her rage in all of these emotions that, you know, we deem as like bad vibes. But for me, I'm like, when you repress your emotions, you repress your power. Absolutely, yeah. You have to feel it all. Yeah, because it's it's energy, emotion. Emotions are energy, emotion. And you don't have to follow them down a dark alley, but, you know, you kind of want to know what's in the alley. They're trying to tell you something, aren't they? So did you have anybody supporting you in that process? Because you're you're taking yourself through a process, presumably, you know, whilst also working with the coach, were you still working with the coach at the time? Yeah. So what happened with that, I love that you asked this, is that right around that time, because this is always how the universe works, right? I'm starting to feel like, okay, well, this coach isn't meeting my needs and this program really isn't the fit for me. And I'm not feeling, you know, supported. And so I'm really like, I'm looking for something different. And I was like, it was just the tiniest little like opening of like possibly something different. And like also in full disclosure, like there was, and I'm sure we'll end up like getting more into this, but there was a lot of other like money tension and money stress and like things like that, because you're, you know, your money relationship is always reflective of other relationships and your relationship yourself and all sorts of other things. And so I knew that I really wanted support from somebody else, but I was like, how, how can I pay for this? Like, how can I really get the help that I'm really needing right now when I've just gone full-time with my business? I made this huge investment to work with this coach and it like has not panned out from a monetary perspective, although it has really served me well in like, you know, having this realization for myself, but like, what the heck am I going to do now? And so right around this time, I had an email drop into my inbox from somebody who I had followed and, and instantly really, really connected. I felt like I, I really knew her. And she said that she was opening up doors to a high-level mastermind and like the application was up and I read that and I thought oh shoot (laughs) I'm gonna have to join this aren't I (laughs) 
<laughs> and so of course, you know, because my soul is totally, I totally believe is always sending me into the right directions and connecting me with the right people. If my, even if my human is freaking out, like, <laughs> how is this all going to work? Right. I submitted the application and like a moment that I hit submit, I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I started working with this coach in this group program and was very much all, it was very much about, it was a business focus group with also personal development, very much kind of like the, the way that I teach and work with my clients. So it's like, yes, we can talk about business strategy and things like that, but we also do a lot of like the personal development and the inner work together. And interestingly enough, as much as the work that I actually have done with this coach was less about these dynamics with my mom. And what really helped me and supported me and healed me in this process was a lot of like the personal development work that we did in this program around like asking for what it is that you need, like learning to have like soulful and conscious sales conversations, supporting clients like in the same way. And also having this behavior of women supporting other women modeled for me. I feel like that was like the most healing piece of this was like having another woman truly support me and truly root for my success and truly like being there for me as well as the other women who are inside of this group program was like the most healing experience that I got out of this even more so than like the specific teachings and just perfect timing for you Mm -hmm. and do you think that you would have been able to appreciate and see the dynamic of those relationships had you not had this epiphany realization I think that I would have been able to appreciate them, but not in the same way or at the same level or like depth that I was able to. So whilst you were going through this process of kind of unpicking these patterns, which having done a very similar thing myself, I know is not necessarily the most fun or easy thing to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, how, How did it feel to you and how did you stay grounded and tethered within Mm. that to to, you know to who you really are to what your truth is Mm -hmm. I really I didn't know that I was doing this at the time but I really trusted myself to find the answers that I needed to receive the guidance that I needed to the support whether it be from myself from the divine or like from like people and things materially here on earth And I really, you know, I didn't necessarily have a specific approach to it. And it was also more just like giving myself permission to just do whatever I felt like I needed to do and say like, there's no way that you can mess this up and everything is unfolding exactly as it needs to, even like with the pleasantness and the unpleasantness. And it was massively uncomfortable. It was so, so uncomfortable um, to really like see these parts of myself, you know, I remember like I was journaling at one point and I just dropped right into being 12 years old and having my mom close the door in my face and that she couldn't spend time with me because she had to have her alone time. And that was one of the things that, you know, I had a lot of problems um, with my husband when we were first dating because he's an introvert and he would need time to himself. And I instantly, of course, took that as rejection based on, you know, how, my mom, like, you know, kind of almost the way that my 12 year old self that like used her introvertedness against me as a way to keep me at arm's length and not get close to me. And so you feel it all. There's so much that comes up emotionally. But what's interesting is that the more that I was doing it, the more that I was able to be the witnesser and the experiencer of the emotions and actually like being embedded in them. 
I could see and I could feel, you know, my 12 year old self crying and being completely heartbroken and feeling so rejected and abandoned and give her so much love and tell her that she is safe, that she is loved, that she's belonging, like she has belonging and that she's accepted here with me. And as much as like, I'm crying throughout all of this, I also, there's this differentiation on the inside where I can feel my current self going in to support my inner child. That is beautiful. You can't see my face, but I am smiling like anything. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love that. You've just, you've just managed to encapsulate one of the most powerful aspects, I think, of this, this kind of process that we find ourselves going on that we haven't necessarily consciously chosen or maybe we've, we've, you know, we've started out with a little step of recognition and then just trusted where it's taken us. But it, it's the ability to really tap into and trust the wiser part of us that we all have and really use that part of us to to dialogue and to to reassure and to hear and see the part of us that just wants to be heard and seen and and healed Mm. and witnessed and all of that stuff and it sounds like as though you know even though it was quite it's clearly quite a big thing to unpack quite a lot of emotions to to work through it sounds as though you've gone through this process actually in a kind of relatively short time frame oh yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm, for sure and I, I I completely credit that to the work that I'm able to do is that this is as much as it's healing work for me, it's also, you know, I can say that like, it's partly for my job too, right? Because this is what I support my clients through. The more that I heal and, you know, release for myself, the more that I can show up and serve my clients. And so that's something that I feel so blessed that this gets to be part of my career, part of my profession. And so I get to live a life of dedicating you know, to my own healing and my own healing journey, as well as like, so I can support other people through going through the same. How have you found that it's changed your relationships now and your work now? Mm -hmm. I'm able to have such incredibly conscious conversations with the women who I have in my life. And I've attracted women who are doing, you know, doing a lot of the same for themselves. They're on their own healing journey they understand what it means to be committed to yourself and committed to your healing. And so I've allowed myself to be so infinitely supported by other women who are going through this as well as like being able to support other women, um, like, you know, myself. And it's just incredible to me, you know, every time I have a phone call, you know, to take that moment and just be like, wow, like there's no way I could have had a conversation where I was able to totally, you know, hold space for them and their experience and allow them to take up space. Cause we're all, you know, when we're matched up with people, whether it be friendships or coaches or things like that, it's like, it's because we have mirrored healing work to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's so beautiful how I'm able to see myself and my friends and how they're able to see themselves in me. And we all, we are collectively healing together like taking our power back and just, you know, casually taking over the world while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and that applies to you and me as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm listening to you thinking this, I could be talking to myself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so magical how it happens that way because sometimes we are too on guard to talk about it if it's ourselves, but to hear somebody else's story, and this is why storytelling has been used since the beginning of, you know, mankind, to hear somebody else's story opens up to be receptive to applying their journey to ourselves in some way. So we're not super defensive about it and we can allow ourselves to like see ourselves in that person and heal through that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love how you express that. And, um, that is, that's really how this whole podcast came about. You know, it was, it was a bit of an Mm -hmm. experiment, you know, I think my approach is quite like yours, but it was really just that sense that the more and more I spoke to people, mostly women, um, it was realizing how many of us have the same doubts we've had similar experiences mm-hmm. and learned similar lessons and and just how much value there is in really sharing that yeah and I'm so glad that I asked you because everything that comes out of your mouth is <laughs> just like magical words of wisdom thank you so much I received that <laughs> good but I'm glad that you're receiving that <laughs> yeah. yeah so you mentioned um in passing, you mentioned that it's also shifted your relationship in terms of money as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it's not something that's actually surprisingly, has, it's not something that's really come up in these conversations. But I'd love you to um, unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love talking about money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I That's what I if anyone's going to talk about money, you can definitely talk about money. <laughs> yes, yes. I think it's a topic that we, and especially, you know, for other, like anybody who runs a business, especially women in business, like the more that we talk about money, the more that we normalize conversations about money, the more that we can allow money into our lives. Um, my money relationship or, you know, working through my money relationship really started with a lot of, there was a lot of like worthiness wounds, really questioning, like, am I worthy enough? Am I enough to receive the amounts of money that I desire? Am I good enough to work with clients at the rates that I know that I need to set in order for me to, you know, be nourished and receiving in this relationship as well. And so much of the work that I did when I first started out with my money relationship was around really remembering that like I'm worthy of having everything that I desire and that desire is there for a reason and it's there to help guide me in creating what it is that I want to create, whether that be money, certain client relationships or podcast interviews, right? <laughs> then it's like, there's a reason if you want something, there's a reason that you want that. Like the etymology of desire, it literally means of the father. It is divinely given to you and we as women can tap into that magic to truly be able to create whatever it is that we want. One of the things that I find so commonly, it's like the divine feminine wound, wounded feminine really tells us that we are not worthy. And we develop that relationship from other like wounded women who believe that they aren't good enough, right? And so what that tells us in your money relationship is that you can, you're not good enough to receive the wealth that you want to desire. Now, on the flip side of that, divine masculine wound says that you can't trust yourself and therefore you can't trust yourself 
to use and to be capable of creating the amount of money that you desire. And so money is really just a mirror for our own like inner wounds and inner world and things like that. So like whatever's happening in your money relationship, it's really something about healing for yourself. And I found for me, like the more and more that I release my own emotional baggage, like all of a sudden, like more money shows up. So it's less about doing like specific strategic things to go out there and make the money and make the sales and make the things happen. It's more about healing myself. And the more that I heal myself, the more that I reclaim my power, the more space I allow myself to take up and therefore the more money I receive. Yeah. And so, so many of us are going walking around trying to run these businesses, so exhausted, feeling terrible about ourselves, feeling so unsafe, feeling so insecure because money is, of course, related to security and so unstable. And it's because we're walking around carrying around this belief that we are not good enough to make the money that we want and we can't trust ourselves to have it. Absolutely. And it also, it goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, the default setting almost of many women that serve and men as well um is that sometimes we're not necessarily doing it from the most healthy place because we can be doing it from that place of i i I must i must be all the things to you so that you don't leave me so Mm -hmm. it's it's all you know it's that getting security in a subconsciously in a whole other way so that we don't have we don't have the energy, you know, in all senses to, to, to actually welcome that abundant energy back again in whatever form it comes. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are so many ways that we block ourselves from receiving because we're so scared of what happens when we receive. And it's something that's like people talk about success, uh, fear of failure all the time because like, oh my gosh, like that's so scary. What if I fail? What if I mess up? What if everybody's watching? Laugh. But <laughs> I really believe that like the fear of success is actually much deeper than the fear of failure because failure is a comfort zone. Yeah. If you fail, you're going to either stay where you are or you might move back a step or two, but either way, it's still within your comfort zone. Whereas for you to be successful and for you to receive, truly receive everything that you desire, if you were able to look at a catalog of the universe and just add to cart anything that was on there anything that was possible in this physical realm. And all of that showed up for you tomorrow, you would freak the heck out. (laughs) Because that's an entirely different life than you're currently living. And like, it's totally unknown. And it's like, the more and more that you get comfortable with discomfort and expanding your comfort zone, the discomfort that comes with expanding your comfort zone, the more that you can allow yourself to receive. And so when it comes to money blocks, like the first question that I always ask is what are you actually afraid of happening if you get everything that you want? If you have all of the money in the bank that you keep saying that you're wanting, if you're working with the types of clients you keep saying that you're so, so desperately wanting to work with, if you have all of the material stuff and the financial security and things like that, really, really envision it and then ask yourself honestly, what am I afraid will happen? And then you can see all the reasons that you're keeping it at arm's length. You're afraid that you're going to mismanage the money. You don't trust that people are actually going to want to be truly friends with you. They just want you for your money. You're going to lose friends and family and they're all going to think that you're a rich snob and such a jerk and so entitled because of course you've got money. You're afraid that um, you're, you know, you're afraid to lose your partner. Like in the growth process, there's so much stuff that comes up 
And then when you see those subconscious beliefs, because your subconscious is what actually drives your behavior, that's where you're like, oh, this is why I can't have money in my life because I'm afraid that I'm going to be alone and everyone's going to think that I'm a jerk and I'm going to be rejected and abandoned and all by myself for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> oh, and it sounds so crazy, doesn't it, when you say it out loud? <laughs> yeah, it does. And you're just like, and so many times when like I have clients who do these prompts and like when I like kind of like extract some stuff out of them, they're like, where did that even come from? Like, I don't even know why I think that. But it's because it's a subconscious belief that whatever it is, you know, and this is why all the money stuff, it goes back to family stuff. And this is why I work with my clients all on this family stuff, because it's like, well, what did your parents model for you? What did they say was like good and bad about money? How did their dynamic, you know, um, happen between them when it comes to money? Like, did you have one parent who was making more money than the other? And like, what did that create, you know, in their relationship? Because all of this is modern. This is all the stuff you're internalizing. And all of a sudden you get to be an adult. You're like, oh, right. Like the time that, you know, for me, like my mom didn't want to buy my dad a $5 watermelon. <laughs> and they created this whole speak about them over $5. And like, what does it mean to love someone $5 worth, right? Like that taught me something about money. And then I take that into my money relationship growing up. And so that's why so much of this stuff, like it sounds absurd when your conscious mind says it but it's because it's a subconscious belief that's been there for who knows how long. Yeah. Amazing. I love how your work has unfolded for you to, to really help you not only unpick this for yourself, but to, you know, to then be able to be in a place where the, the clients that come your way, that's the thing that you can then help them unpick as well. Mm-hmm. So that they can, shift forward and and reclaim their power in a a phenomenal way so what do you really love about where you are now in terms of your life and your work on the other side of these profound realizations that I'm sure still have Mm -hmm. nuanced layers that come up but where you are right now what what really lights you up what do you really love I love how everything that I kept saying, like, trust yourself, trust the universe, surrender, it can be easy, things get better and better, you know, the better they get, the better they get, this or something better, all of these, like, affirmations and phrases that, like, really, really spoke to me, but I didn't fully integrate and embody, I now am able to do that. If there is anything that's uncomfortable in my life, I'm really able to embrace and like be in that discomfort. I'm really, really able to hold space for other people and their emotionality and specifically their pain and like show them how to transmute that pain into power. I just love how much all of this has allowed me to be so much more fully expressed and like take the gifts that I've naturally been given and really be able to generously share them back with the world. Yeah. It's kind of a form of magic, isn't it? Yeah, it's alchemy. (laughs) It really is, yeah. (laughs) And do you find it astonishing? You know, do you sometimes catch yourself doing what you're doing now? Uh, You know, almost from the felt sense of younger you that was a very different person. Do you ever kind of catch yourself and think, wow, is it? how far have I come? This is amazing. Look what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. And I need to do it more because I have a tendency to very much be like future focused, um, which like living in the future can be just as like damaging as living in the past because you're not present. And so like my big thing is like, I need to take more time to really like be present with that reflection and appreciative of like how far I've come and how much I've done, how much I've grown. Um, But for sure, like there are some times too, like, you know, getting that text from my mom and being like, whoa, this was delightful to receive a message from her and to hear from her, you know, hopping off conversations and just being like, man, like I'm able to hold so much space for my friends and for my clients and really be there to serve them and their agenda and not bring, you know, my ego into it, not bring my wounds and not try to like give, you know, all the unsolicited advice, right. To try to fix it because your pain makes me uncomfortable type of thing. I'm able to just totally be there with you in all of this, this mess. And, you know, you're totally whole and loved and accepted and there's no need to fix it and there's no need to go anywhere. And sometimes like, that's really the best thing that I'm able to offer my clients is simply holding space Mm. because we never, we don't really have such a hard time giving that to ourselves to accept ourselves where we are. And we're so, you know, we just like, you know, like out of the frying pan, just want to jump out of discomfort and get into comfort and pleasure as quickly as possible. And now I mean, like we can be really, really uncomfortable together. And like, I'm totally able to be there and here for that. And that's something I never was able to do before. And that is a profound shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great skill to have Yeah, as a friend, as a partner, and like, of course, as a coach. And it's one of those things when I started coaching, it was like, oh, I'm always giving advice to people. So maybe people will pay me for it. <laughs> That was like, you know, the the jokester (laughs) version of it, right? But really now I do so much less. I I don't get advice, right? Like I'm here. I always say, you know, don't work with me because you don't think that you're powerful and you think that I have all the answers. Work with me because you know how powerful you are. Yeah. And when you bring people together who are both in their power and they're there for a power partnership and not for codependency, there's so much that you're able to do together and create together. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, to see my clients and how much they're able to grow and expand and be in their power. And I just, I love it. I live for it. (laughs) I love that you love it. (laughs) And I think the first time I spoke to you, I said something along the lines of, I can really see your power and your presence. I can't remember my exact words, but I said Mm -hmm. something those lines I don't know if you remember but it was because you just radiate your beingness (laughs) that's not even English but I know that you know what I mean by that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think that comes from owning the stuff that goes to make you all that you are you know welcoming it all into the fold I talk about this in my book and I and I know in your work it's part of what you do as well it's like bring every aspect of you home welcome them all into the fold and Mm -hmm. whatever whatever their little nuances and quirks and weird and wonderful traits just welcome it all own it all and it's it gives you this incredible phenomenal power your clients are lucky to have thank you so much yeah we're both lucky I'm so lucky to have my clients too it's fun because like I see, like, I had one of them reschedule a call um, last week, um, and she made it for earlier, 
um, you know, a few days earlier. And I was so excited because I was like, yes, we get to talk sooner. <laughs> and I'm so excited to see you and hear from you. And it's so fun because I have a client and we're in a year contract together. And so it's a, you know, it's a pretty voluminous container and we're finally like, we're getting to that point where, you know, we are so much, so comfortable with each other and we can just, and we can joke and, you know, it's really like talking to a best friend, you know, nice. and then I have another client. So I just signed on recently and, you know, we're just getting into that, like, you know, things are more professional, you know, a little bit more um, formal, but it's all still really, really good. And it's just so fun to see how your relationships are able to change and evolve and like be exactly what you and, you know, the clients both need um, to like be so in your power and like doing all that you're meant to be. And it just, it's, it's so great. And I feel just so honored and so blessed to be able to get to do this work and live the life that I do. Absolutely. Worthy of celebration. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So to anyone that's listening to this who is maybe at the beginning stages of realizing that they have some work to do around how they approach the relationships in their lives or they need to, uh, you know, they hear this and they maybe think, oh, yeah, okay, I need to unpack something around this. What would Mm -hmm. be your advice to them? What would you say? Yeah, so... I would start off by just letting you know that you're not wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with you for feeling you feel. Everything that you're experiencing right now is completely okay and human and it's yours. And so it's one of those things that it's like to recognize that you need to do this work and it's another thing to be ready to actually do it. And if you're not ready to dive in and like, understand like all of the dynamics that are happening on the inside that's totally okay and that's your choice and like it's up to you to know for yourself like what's a stretch and what's a break like what's going to stretch you so much you break yeah if you are really ready to start diving into the work I really I mean and of course (laughs) this is you know through my from my bias and through my lens I really 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 encourage people to work with somebody on it and through it and you know I say that because in you and you allowing yourself to be witnessed in your healing journey by somebody else, like if it's just another layer of healing for you, because it's so many times like my clients or my friends, and you know, we start to like dig into some of these conversations and then they're like, Oh no, 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 let's not talk about this anymore. Or like, let's talk about you or let's talk about another thing or blah, 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 because we're so uncomfortable taking up space in our power, in our rawness, in our vulnerability, you know, and like the emotionality that comes with all of it. And it's so powerful for you to be with somebody who's able to say, no, no, no. Is there more? Mm. Tell me more. Let's keep going. And is able to let you be all of you. You know, I know that there's so much, you know, I've seen this around, you know, in the coaching industry, people saying like, oh, get paid to be all of you. Like, I just want to be paid to be me and stuff like that. And it's like, you don't get to pay paid to be you when you're just in the good vibes only. (laughs) Being paid to be all of you also means you have to be all of you and show up for yourself and commit to yourself in the heartbreak, in the pain, in the anger, and in the disappointments. And so finding somebody who's able to really powerfully hold space for that is one of the most healing experiences that you can gift yourself. And like, as I say all of this, you know, I'm like, I'm not attached to anybody working with me in particular. Like if I'm the person, like you're going to find me, we're going to connect and we're going to do the work together. But it's really important, I think, for you to find somebody else who can hold you in that space because doing it alone 
is really, really hard. And I don't think that there is any nobility in doing it all by yourself. Mm. If anything, it's just exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's about kind of, you know, the, the thing that people talk about more than anything else is not having enough time for this and not having enough time for that. And, and actually, if you just gift yourself time to work through this with somebody that you trust and resonate with, you can save yourself so much time further down the yeah. road. So right. I, that's brilliant advice. And I would definitely agree with that 100%. It just saves time having having that external lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not made else. to like do it all by ourselves. Yeah. Like humans are social creatures. We're supposed to have somebody else there with us. And I love that you bring up like not having enough time because people say that all the time. They're like, I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough money for this. I don't have enough energy for this. And like, what you're doing in math is like giving so much of your power to the time, to the money, to the energy. <laughs> and it's like, we're so used to just like slapping that on and just being like, I don't have the time for that. I don't have the money for that. And it's like, if you were to just go around and not use that as an excuse for a week, not that you would even have to act differently, but just push yourself to explore a little bit further. Is it really that I don't have the time for it? Or is it just not a priority for me mm. right now? And that's okay. Yeah. Is it really that you don't have the money for it or you're not like, you know, like you can't like figure out a way to make the money happen? Or is it just that you're afraid, you're scared and don't trust yourself to make the investment pay off? And that's okay. That's okay to be wherever it is that you're at. But it's something that I always like encourage people to explore, to go a little bit below those layers. If the first thing you're like, if I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, like whatever those types of things might be to say, okay, say that. And then being like, but if I did have the time, what's the other reason that this doesn't feel like a fit, that I'm not ready for this, that this can't happen. And that will teach you so much more about yourself, even if you don't even like take action on it. Mm. You've shared so much richness in this time frame, and I'm sure people will want to find out more about you, you know, and just get to know you and what you're about a little bit more. So where's the best place for them? to check you out yeah absolutely if you want to kind of like stalk me employers <laughs> um instagram is my social media platform of choice so i post in there and you can see me in stories where i give little you know tidbits of thoughts and things like that and you can see my cats being goofy and weird and dumb um but if there was anything that came up in this episode that you really want to chat more about that you really that that really resonated with you or you really want to like connect with me um then I say just like send me an email and let's chat I'd I'd definitely recommend people do that if that's what they feel called to do so thank you so so much for sharing a piece of yourself and and for bringing a new flavour to the Turning Point Project today and talking about some some subjects that I haven't touched upon. People are going to listen to this episode and want to probably replay it two or three times. And I think when you get to hear it back, you'll be astonished by how much you had to share. So thank you. It's been an absolute delight. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I really, I appreciate you inviting me and I appreciate, you know, whoever has listened to this for like being a part of this conversation with us. Um, and I just want you to know that like you're enough, you're safe here with us and you're so loved.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.